Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the most humble podcast oh, it's so on humble. the internet. We are the most humble. Hashtag humble. Hashtag humble, not brag, because I wouldn't do that. I would, being the most humble person in the world, I would never humble brag. Yeah. I would never do that. I don't think I've ever, literally ever done that. You wouldn't do that. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody look through his social media and find examples. Nobody do it. Don't ever do that. I've certainly never done that in my entire life. That'd be pretty funny is if as a consequence of this, suddenly you have, you have replies to like really old stuff, just like humble brag, humble brag, humble brag. I found you, Tom. I see you. Don't think I see what you're doing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the audio of you just doing that, and I'm going to make a Gucci gang reference called humble brag. I think I could. What I is, think I could I actually know, do that. What is that? I don't even know what that is. It's a really bad song. Um, this is one of the little corners of the internet that you don't need to be exposed to. Okay, cool. Like you being not on the internet, yeah. totally fine in this case. Cool. Because uh, good to know. Gucci Gang is a terrible song, <laughs> and I'm sorry to any 17 year olds who happen to like whoever wrote. I I don't even know the name of the rapper. That's definitely in air quotes. I don't keep who up, wrote but and or performed that Some, song. Just somebody on the internet, let me know when Kanye has a new album. You know, that's what I need. To I know. think you're gonna know about that. I'll probably. I know. think you just you just happen well, or I, tend to know when Kanye comes out with music as I'll you feel do it. with Kendrick. I'll and feel it. There's a there's a disturbance in the force, but it's like a good one. I'm missing out. Must be new music on something right yeah. now. Yeah, actually, um, this is usually not a music recommendation podcast, but not usually. One of my favorite bands, Forever. which is uh, Icy Stars, came out with a acoustic album the other day, and it's great. Wait, so, I like Icy Stars. Icy Stars because I heard Icy like Icy Hot. You know, I heard, oh, I heard Icy Stars. Ice- these well, are really cold stars. Now we got to go sort of band because it wouldn't be copyright infringement, but then they're going to be mad at us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I see stars. Um, most of what they do is like kind of like EDM influenced post hardcore, which is totally my jams. I swear you're saying something right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like post hardcore. I'm bad at genres. Um, imagine something in the vein of like I'm trying to think of like a post hardcore like, band that combined, you would combine bands know. what's a math equation I'm trying to think of a post hardcore band you would know like maybe like a Treyu because okay. they're kind of old enough okay. for you to kind of they're okay. they're kind of like firmly post hardcore okay with less screaming and more like electronic elements a lot of like synths and, and stuff like that okay so I really like them a lot and they have done they did an acoustic album for their previous album, which I love, and they just came out with one for their uh, most recent album. And it's it's not every song, but it's a lot of them. And I'm really digging it because they they took it further than just the typical singer-songwriter rendition of their songs with an acoustic guitar. Like, they brought in violinists and, and cellists. And ch- is, it, is that is the word? Cellist? Somebody who plays the cello? I call I'm them gonna go with cellanuer. Ch- All right, no, I think it's cellist. They got cellanuers. They got violinuers, violinuers. Just yeah. kidding. Nobody plays the viola. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, and it's really cool. Everybody hates so, the middle child. People should go check that out. Yeah, I remember watching some online sketch. Oh, it was like uh, it was like how to be a band kid, and oh yeah, the dude was like <laughs> he was he was on his first date with a girl. <laughs> And he was like, so you play violin? And she was like, no, 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 no. I play viola. And he's like, oh, I got I got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had something Harsh. come up. I don't know what it was. 
But yeah, uh, that, that's my music recommendation for the day. I think most of my musical taste-making influence is is kind of relegated to the area of study music, since I have that study oh, yeah? playlist. Oh, yeah? Well, listen to the Celeste soundtrack. Bam. Now Martin's got Ooh. the study playlist recommendation. I did. I put a... You know what? I actually need to that's put a, a Celeste that's song. That's a good album. So I've got a study playlist on Spotify called Sunday Study, and there is a song from Celeste on that. So if you want to go subscribe to a Spotify one, you can uh, find that one. But I do need to put one on my YouTube playlist. I haven't done that yet. So I will remind myself later to do that. Um, But I did notice that, remember that guy who reached out to us? Yeah. The song that I put on the playlist, I think has like 17,000 views now. So a lot of people use that playlist. I bought that album. Did you? Yeah. It's a good album. So yeah. I talked to you in an email. If you're watching, <laughs> I bought your album. Maybe he is. Was his name Elisha or something like that? Honestly, I don't remember. There's a lot of emails, but I do remember the album was cool. I can't remember. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess if you're a musician and you make good study music, uh, email it to us. And, you know, if it's good, yeah. then it might end up on our playlist. Yeah. Can't guarantee anything, but I, I'm always on the lookout for music that is good to work with. So I'm going to plunge. This oh, yeah. French press full of uh, root beer, rooibos, not tea, as we established on the previous yes, episode, all about tea. How does this work with the finer, the finer? I, so rooibos is finer, but I still think that it's going to work pretty well. I don't, I don't make coffee, so I'm not familiar with the... Oh, that looks pretty fine. That yeah, the fine. French press uh, mesh is still pretty good. It's I'm not unfamiliar. Quite, so my AeroPress uh, typically uses paper filters, which would filter everything. I bought like this micro steel mesh plate because I didn't want to keep buying the paper filters. Okay. And that's cool. The micro mesh is like easily the finest mesh that I've ever seen on a filter. The stuff in the French press is not quite as fine as that, but it's uh it's pretty good anyway. Okay. So yes. We are talking about not French presses today. Not even music. <laughs> we're not talking about any of this. No, Tom. we're not. We're talking about morning routines. Everyone's favorite topic. Uh, I think the last time I did a morning routine-esque episode on the podcast was like way back in the day with my friend Zach or something like that. And it was like, it was before episode 100. It would be like a proper morning routine episode. So I kind of wanted to just do an episode where each of us sort of break down what we're doing in the morning, give a little explanation for why, um, and then go through some notes I have here on how to establish a strong morning routine and kind of how to come over or overcome some of the typical things that block people from establishing a good morning routine. But before we get into all that, I'm curious, what are you doing when you wake up in the morning these days? Well, playing video games, eating Doritos? No, I don't play that many video games. I want to. I mostly limit it to Saturdays though, because otherwise it becomes a very bad time sink. There's not enough time. Yeah, there's not enough time. Um, Let's see. My morning routine that I've been doing for quite a while now, I don't even remember how long, but a long time now, is I wake up and, oh man, you know what? I have to go to Habitica for this because <laughs> I I just do it. I don't. You just like do it out of complete habit at this point, so it's almost automatic. I, it's hard to list it. Let's so see. you are using Habitica again? Yes. So I guess that, that's the first thing we should establish is you are now using that because for a while you didn't use it, right? Yeah, They. so I couldn't use it because... I'm too completionist about stuff, yeah. and I got mad when limited edition stuff, I couldn't <laughs> buy it. But they a lot of it now becomes eventually available again, and even if it's yeah. just theoretically I could get it again someday, Well, they did this then it thing. becomes more okay for me. I, I think it's like called a time machine or something like that where yeah. 
I think you get like one a month if you're a subscriber or something like that. And that allows you to go back and get an item from like a limited edition. Well, and some set, of them are in the seasonal shop now yeah. too. So you can get oh, past okay. things in there. And there's this cool little treasure box that gives you a random piece of armor from something. A lot, oh, a lot of the stuff that was just, you can never get this is now theoretically possible. And while I will probably still never get it. Yeah. Theoretically possible is enough to make it not bother me that I can't get it. Gotcha. Okay. I, I'm a real stickler for RPGs. Yeah. Which, which this pretends to be. So I like Kabitika, and the first thing I do in the morning is 10 minutes of language maintenance. Okay. I don't consider this to be thorough studying because right now I'm not working on improving my languages that thoroughly. Mm-hmm. But because I have completed the Duolingo trees in French, Japanese, and Spanish, every morning I basically spend the 10 minutes refinishing. You know, I'll, I'll re-up so everything's gold, Japanese, then I'll do my reviews in Wanikani. Then I'll re-up everything in Spanish. And then I'll re-up French. And if I get mm-hmm. cut off by the 10-minute thing, I don't care because it's just maintenance. And eventually okay. I will keep – I'm basically just keeping them all. So by re-up, does Duolingo like constantly give you new exercises then? So it has a bit of an SRS sort of thing, spaced repetition. Oh, okay. So it will, it will have your skills be weakened over time in certain ah. areas. So it will be like, hey, Martin, you haven't thought about this in a while. And I'll be like, let me just make sure every lesson's gold again. Gotcha. Okay. So that's the first thing I do. Just 10 So like minutes, that's uh, before anything, like that's before you brush your teeth, all that kind of stuff? This is because it's a little bit of a brain hack here because my first habit was to go do something on my phone or computer huddled around the heater. And I was like, what if my habit was something useful on there so that when I pulled out oh. my phone, I went, oh, okay, I'll do the right thing. I'm not going to get on the internet or do some stupid nonsense. I'll... So this is to warm up in the morning, basically. Yeah. Like, like it's to, temperature-wise. It's to turn turn my brain on and kind of get me able to move. So why not like a warm shower instead? Because I work out in the morning. So, and oh, I that's to shower right. You wanna sh- that's right. Okay. Yep. So I do the 10 minutes of language maintenance to make sure they do not get too rusty without okay. me noticing. Then I've got a series of stretches and stuff that I do. A lot of them come over from my time in physical therapy, and I just think it's reasonable to keep my arms and back working. Do you do those before working out? Yep. Oh, okay. And so I guess this is a good question um, for me. When you went to physical therapy, they had you doing these stretches before warming up? Like you just did them cold? Well, I basically use these stretches as part part of my warm up. They're okay. not like that intense at this point. They're not like really intense. And okay. I'm no longer injured to a point that they're that hard. I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's a little tight. Let's fix it. Okay. So it's just just casual stuff. And then after that, I do work out. And one of my warm ups there is that I walk down a whole bunch of stairs and then up. So the walk down is like just getting me moving. Yeah. You know, it's not that challenging but it gets the blood flowing. And then the walk up is now more of an exercise, but okay. a little bit of cardio. Then I shower, then I meditate, and then I make a cup of tea. So you meditate and then make tea? Yes. Okay. So you don't that... meditate with previously prepared tea? Oh, no, I'm not I'm not like drinking tea while I meditate. Gotcha. I okay. do drink the tea meditatively, but I have yeah. a uh, regular sort of Zazen style meditation first and that's the morning routine after after i've had the cup of tea i'm ready for the day my brain's all relaxed but alert i'm 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 mildly joyful ready to go forward with stuff so about how long does the whole thing take you that depends on if i'm terrible at waking up which i have been for the last several days we're getting ready for some traveling so i've been very busy but i would say maybe an hour and a half two, two hours if i give myself a little buffer time and when do you usually try to wake up? 
5.30. Okay, cool. So you're getting up earlier than I do. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when do you go to bed then? 10, 10.30. Around 10? Okay, that's, that's pretty good. So I guess if you fall asleep I'm quickly, an old man now. Nearly... I fall, I get tired early now. Yeah. It just happens. I want to go to bed at 10, and I need, I need to – and this is something we're going to talk about in this episode. I need to re-solidify my night routine to get back into the habit of going to bed at 10. Um, but Anna and I are both artists, so we usually – one of us is, like, sucked into something, some Deadlines. project. Or we were watching a show and we were just like, one more episode of Rick and Morty. It'll be fine. And then we go to bed at like 11. So um, one of the things I have been very adamant about is seven and a half hours of sleep. So if I really want to get up at six, that means I need to go to bed at 10.15 to give myself about 15 minutes to fall asleep. So I have 10.30 to six. And I think my body does not actually have a strict 90-minute sleep cycle because when I do set my alarm for seven and a half hours, I tend to wake up naturally maybe 10 minutes before that. But one of the things in the past that I uh, tended to do for many, many years was prioritizing the whole wake up early and do a zillion things thing over sleep. And then if I didn't get to bed on time on a given night, I would still get up at 6 or 5.30 or whatever time it was. And then eventually – just be dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's one day, I'm usually fine. But over the course of several days, I start to really feel the effects of that sleep deprivation. So that's a big thing for me right now. Okay. So I want to dig into some of the things in your morning routine. Um, So you said it takes you about two hours. What does your workout look like? My workout? Like where does it happen and what do you do? Happens at home because going to a gym annoys me. I'm, I'm very introverted. I don't want travel time. I can. I barely want to find clothes to go to the gym in. Mm. I don't want to pay. For, there, there are too many excuses. You know, I know I'll fight it. So I just yeah. say no. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm going to gym. That's not going to happen. Okay. So my workout um, has been very simple. Basically, I go. I walk down and then up a certain number of stairs. I up the level of flights once a week. Oh, okay. So once so a, been doing once this a week, for like several weeks, and you just keep. Yeah, I've, it? I've been doing this whole thing for about a month or two, I think. Have you gotten so, to the point where you now pass your floor, and then have to come back down to it? Oh, I start. I start at my floor. Well, I know you start at your floor, and then you walk down, right? Yeah. So I walk down, and then I go up. Oh, have you gotten to the point where you hit the first floor of the building? No, yet? no, I haven't. Uh, there okay, yet. gotcha. Not there yet. So I don't know what I'll do after that, but it doesn't matter for a while. Yeah. So I do that, and then I up it by one. One floor every week to make sure that I'm not stagnating, and it, it does seem to be helping. I'm getting a lot better at it. And then I will do pull-ups, push-ups, and then some side planks, and all of these are one number. So on day one of this process, actually, I guess I've been doing this this portion of the workout for clearly about a month Okay. because I started at one just just to get into the habit, just to build the habit. So I would do one pull-up, one push-up. One second, side plank, both sides. Then the next day I would do two. Then the next day I would mm. do three. And I do this on all the weekdays. And this morning I did 20 pull-ups, uh, 20 push-ups, and 20 second side plank on both sides. Okay. And, I mean, I could go longer on some of them versus yeah. the other. But the simple number, now I have two numbers to keep track of, and that's it. And I have I can do way more push pull-ups in one thing than I could at the beginning. So. Yeah. So – you said tomorrow, you're 20 I'll do, now, tomorrow right? I will do twenty-one 
of everything and so on. Okay. So I read an article a while ago, I think it was on uh, Nerd Fitness, about this idea called the PLP program. I don't know what PLP stands for, but the whole idea is on day one, you start with a certain amount of pull-ups. So if you can do 10, you would start with 10. Otherwise, you would start with a lower number. And then every single day, like you said, you go up by one. And you can do it in as many sets as you need, uh, but each set should be to failure. And then you get to that day's number. So after like 60 days, if you started yeah. at 10, you would do 70 pull-ups in as few sets as possible. And it's just this, it's a consistency-minded program, but it's also that whole idea of upping the difficulty a little bit every single day so you're constantly pushing your body. And that that may have been one of the things that I read in mm-hmm. developing this because I, I jumped back and forth between a lot of advice and a lot of exercises. I think it might stand for push-ups and lunges and pull-ups. Okay. That but I'm, I'm not doing lunges, though. I'm not doing things where I feel like my form might be off or that complicate it. So stairs, okay. I know how to walk down and upstairs. I'm not yeah. going to mess up my knees that hard. I'll notice. And I know how to do pull-ups and push-ups. I'm, I'm trying not to make it too difficult so that I could actually build a real habit. Mm-hmm. So I guess what's your overall goal right now with working out? Is it just consistency? Is that it? My goal is to gain my strength back. So um, I felt the most fit in my life probably in community college or or late high school around that time. And I weighed about 10 pounds more than I do now. Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of weight in college because I got sick all the time. Then I had all the physical therapy. I injured myself. I let let a bunch of muscles atrophy. Yeah. And I did not like not being – I was like past my prime. So my goal is to get the weight back back in muscle because I used to be able to do like 20 handstand push-ups and yep. like hanging sit-ups and all this stuff. And I was, I felt really healthy mm-hmm. and I'm trying to gain that feeling back that because otherwise I'll notice how quickly I can't do something and I, and I feel physically weak. I feel like, why can't I do that? Yeah. Because I used to be able to. So okay. my goal is to gain the weight back, back to my prime strength. Do you have a plan for when you're going to start handstand push-ups again? Uh, I don't know. Because I feel like that would be something to start looking forward to. If you're doing 20 push-ups now, is that 20 push-ups in one set? Um, I didn't do them in one set today. I was interspersing it with pull-ups so that I could actually get the pull-ups through comfortably. Yeah. Okay. Well. I can do that many push-ups in one set. You just But I'm I'm just like, I needed something to balance out between the pull-up sets. So I just did that. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Okay. So that's your workout. Pretty simple. Uh, and I, actually, I like that it's simple because mine is less simple. And I think on an episode like this, it's good to show two different approaches to it, um, especially for people out there who aren't currently working out right now. Yeah. And you're more knowledgeable about working out in general because of your like your dad and the whole weightlifting. You've done yeah. all this stuff I haven't. So your perspective is a lot. That's true. Probably more thorough. I'm probably breaking myself in ways I don't know, you know. Well, no, I think you're fine, actually. And actually, so I got a tweet from a girl um, two days ago, and she said, I'm looking for advice on working out or exercising because I'm afraid that I'm going to get injured, and that prevents me from exercising. So, you know, and obviously you can be injured exercising. You could be injured doing basically any kind of exercise. Anything can happen. You know, you could be through playing disc golf and get hit well, by a rogue disc or something. I might pull my wrist lifting, li- lifting this teacup. You, yeah, you never know. It's a really heavy teacup. Um, actually, I, I lightly pulled a muscle in my shoulder this morning shooting a basketball, which you think wouldn't. But 
Um, because I don't know how to properly shoot a basketball, I've been like looking at techniques and just like looking at NBA players and be like, okay, so it looks like they have like this kind of side motion and they launch it with the right arm. And then I realized that, okay, to get enough power on the shot, doing it that way, you need like a specific technique. And sometimes I don't do it right. So I've learned that sometimes I'll like overextend my arms too fast and I want jar you to know, my elbow. It's like stupid, but. The thought of you pulling a muscle, shooting a basket, I picture Tom Haverford immediately. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I feel like he would do that. Well, because I mean. Your if, composure if was I probably shoot, a lot better after. If I shoot a basketball like from my chest with both arms like pushing diagonally i can get as much distance as i want basically and it was just a, like a weird well but then when you look at like nba players taking a fl- uh, free throw you know on tv they aren't shooting like this you know like two arms yeah. pushing almost to the center of the ball they are more using one arm as sort of like a launcher and the other arm as like a guide and I don't really know how to do that technique very well, but I'm trying to get better at it because it's more accurate, I presume. So I don't know. I'm just like trying all these things, and I guess I just must have like threw my left arm the wrong well, if, way. If you move it in a direction it's not <laughs> used to, it just, you know, it's exactly. just going to happen. If you're scared of pulling a muscle your whole life, you might as well just sleep all the time. It's, yeah, especially if it's fast, right? So what I told her, number one, if you practice good form and you do not overextend yourself, so you don't go to the gym right away and throw 200 pounds in the bar – when you have never squatted before, you know, you start with the bar or you start body weight squatting a broomstick or something like that. You make sure you have good form, maybe even get a coach. Um, you're unlikely to get injured badly. And the other thing I told her, which you and I are very uh, aware of, is not exercising is a very easy path to injury because people who don't exercise are a lot more um, at risk of RSI, you know, repetitive stress injuries yeah, your from typing can't in your take computers it. or chronic pain like in your back. I actually have dealt with chronic back pain and still dealing with it to a certain degree because of the whole I'm an entrepreneur who sits on my computer all day and edits video. You know, when you put your body in one position all the time, you are stressing muscles in a way that they were not designed to be stressed. And if you do not exercise, you're never giving those muscles an opportunity to A, move in a different way to kind of build some flexibility, but B, really strengthen themselves to be able to deal with all the demands you're putting on them with that singular position that you usually work in. Yeah. So, uh, and this is something that a lot of people have, have reported, uh, people who deal with like RSI or carpal tunnel or stuff like that, if they start exercising in a controlled and rational way, not you know going to the gym and throwing 200 pounds on the bar. Yeah, don't snap your arm in half. Obviously don't do that, but the problems start to go away. Um, the main video editor for Linus Tech Tips, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels, uh, his name's Taryn, and he has dealt with a lot of RSI problems because he's been editing so many videos. And he has this huge, like, five-hour-long video tutorial on editing on YouTube, which is amazing. And I would it's not for beginners, but it's a very good advanced video for people who know what they're doing and want to, like, step up their game. But within that video, he has this whole section where he's just like doing something on the program that doesn't really need to be talked about. So he just gets into what he's been doing about RSI. And he's like, I've tried literally everything. I've tried going to doctors, going to physical therapists, buying healing crystals off the internet, like trying different nutritional supplements, basically everything you could think of. And what happens or what the only thing that works is I have to go to the gym twice a week and do bench presses and uh, bent over rows. And when I do that, the pain goes away. 
And if I don't do it for a while, it comes back. So I guess, you know, one thing for anybody out there who's dealing with RSI, I think it's going to be, you know, they're going to be more motivated to probably use this advice here, but using your muscles is going to help. And I think this is like something that medicine in general is starting to catch on to. Way in the past, they would recommend bed rest for basically everything. Like, oh, do you injure your back? Nothing but bed rest. Now they recommend a, um, you know, a well thought out program of rehabilitation that involves using the muscles. Yeah. And this is important because your body does not, if it, if it perceives that it doesn't need a muscle, it's not going to heal it. It's not going to devote resources to it. Everything about your body is devoting resources to that, which needs to be used in the future. You know, that's why people who are um, mentally inactive in old age tend to get Alzheimer's quicker. That's why you remember stuff you do more than stuff you did six years ago. Mm -hmm. Your your body's really efficient and your brain, everything's really efficient. Yeah, exactly. At like throwing away the useless. So I guess that all that to say, um, I think both of us would highly recommend some sort of exercise on a daily basis. And your method is a very easy way to do it. You've kind of stripped it down to its bare elements and taken away any possibility of excuse, which I like. Yeah. Well, starting at one was also unintimidating. That's true. Because I knew I could do more than that. Mm -hmm. Like I could start out with more than that, but I was like, this is going to give me like a week where I've built a habit and didn't have a good excuse to complain about it yeah. before it starts to even feel like exercise. So I like... True, yeah. So you're building that now spiral. I'm, now I'm already doing it. I've been doing it for like a week or two. I might as well do it on day 14, I guess. Yep. Cool. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your meditation and tea routine. So I meditate right after I get out of the shower because I like to feel clean Okay. and it helps me feel calmer. Mm -hmm. And I obviously I want to be calm when I'm meditating. I'm not like sitting in, in full lotus screaming. Yeah, I'm, try <laughs> I'm just picturing that <gasps> screaming sun from Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so basically I will go and sit on my Zafu, my meditation cushion, mm -hmm. and I will meditate for 10 minutes. And I usually sit in half lotus. Okay. I've recently achieved the ability to sit in full lotus for a small portion of that time. If mm -hmm. I do it the whole time, my legs feel all weird afterward. It's a flexibility thing you have to build up. Yeah. You I'm know, actually starting to learn. I'm starting to be able to sit cross-legged yeah, for like longer it, and longer. It's just it takes, it takes a while. So usually yep. I sit half lotus, which means that in, you know one foot is on my other thigh, but the other yeah. foot is under the other leg. Yeah. It's so... I'll do that for 10 minutes and it's a very sort of, I'm just trying to breathe and, and sort of forget everything. I'll mm -hmm. focus on the quality of the air. I like to have a window open. So f there's a movement in the air. It's really nice to focus on that. Yeah. And sometimes I have this uh, shakuhachi, a uh, bamboo flute. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll, I'll play it a little bit and then like I'll kind of play that melody that I, yeah. that I did while I'm meditating in my head, mm. I'll like continue what I started. And after the 10 minutes, that's, you know, you know, that's it. And then I make a cup of tea because to me, making a cup of tea, it, like the habit is, is not just to have a cup. I have to prepare the cup myself Yeah, because there, there's a sort of mindfulness in the tea preparation mm -hmm. for me because I'm still in the the same pants that I that are loose fitting and comfortable for meditation, I'm still more or less meditating. I'm just now sitting seiza. I'm like 
calmly sitting with my my hands in my lap, just sort of waiting for the tea to steep. Yeah. And I'm still basically meditating, just mm-hmm. in a I'm waiting for something. So. Okay. So it, it's almost like two forms of meditation. Just one is more traditional yeah. and, and purposeful. And then I drink the tea meditatively too. So when I drink the tea, it's the only thing I do. I don't like put on. I'm not, I'm not scrolling through a Twitter feed or a news article while I drink it. While I drink it, the tea is the only thing that matters. So you're like I looking out the window. I'm I'm just just anything. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm facing inside, and all I'm noticing is the teacup itself. Sometimes I'm looking outside, but mostly this is all because I like to try to live my life very slowly and with intention. Yeah. So I don't want to be on autopilot, basically. Most of the time, except for obvious cases where your lungs should keep breathing. Mm-hmm. And to when I wake up in the morning, you know, we've got goals. We've got ambitious goals. We're trying to run this business. So I'll wake up already feeling overwhelmed a lot of the time. Yeah. And the thing is, if I feel overwhelmed, I cannot do any of the things I feel overwhelmed about because mm-hmm. I'm freaking out about all five of them. And that's simply not how it works. There's no such thing as who cares what I'm doing later. All that matters is that I do one thing, and then after that, I do one thing, and then mm-hmm. after that, I do one more thing. I don't. I shouldn't be thinking about six things from now in most cases. Yeah, planning's important, but for within that day, it freaks me out. It stops me from working. So my whole goal is to get me in sort of a peaceful and mildly joyful, like a, a calm happiness. Yeah, serenity maybe is a good word. That feeling of overwhelm is something that I also deal with a lot. And in my case, um, I can often feel like the moment I wake up, I need the entire day to do the work I've planned. Yeah. So I need to throw away the entire morning routine and just immediately start editing. It's usually editing video, which um, as we record this, we are currently looking for a video editor. Hopefully, you know, this goes out in two weeks. I will have hired one by then because I don't want to edit the next two videos myself. but when I've had editors in the past, that is much less of a problem because editing is by far the most time-consuming step of the video production process. Yeah. And I always make it more difficult on myself. I, I can never seem to, even when I'm on a tight deadline, I can never seem to just make it easy this time. Tom, just do it, you know, just do a typical normal edit. Don't try to learn some new stupid, oh, wait, no, I just bought a gimbal. Now we're going to go yep. out and film like a steady cam shot that we've never done before. Yeah. I know I only have two hours to edit this video, but uh, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's something I deal with a lot. So that's your morning routine. And you said it takes you about two hours. Yeah. If I'm giving myself a little buffer time, which I should. Okay. So that I, other, otherwise I would be overwhelmed by the routine itself, which yeah. would be ironic and unhelpful. My morning routine takes a substantially longer time than that. <laughs> yeah. Today it took four hours. What all you got going on? Um, uh, you writing so a book I guess in that four hours? I'm not writing a book, but what, Every morning. I, what I do want to say here is as an entrepreneur, the division between my morning routine and my work period is largely up to interpretation. Now, I realize this does not apply to students. It doesn't apply to normal, you know, eight to five or nine to five employees. You kind of have like a, a schedule that dictates what your morning is and then what your work time is. Yeah. I don't have that. So what I've realized is that because I don't have that, I don't necessarily have to have this strong division between the morning and its routine and my work. And that's good because I do really good work of a certain type early in the morning. 
So what I've been doing recently, um, I get up around six o'clock. That's kind of my goal right now. I found that 5.30 is it's just tough for me because Anna and I find it more difficult to get to bed than you guys do, I think. Well, Ashley wants to fall asleep at like 8.30. So, you know, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. easy for me to go to sleep whenever I want because she's already asleep. Yeah, Ashley is definitely an early to bed. Yeah. I don't know if early to rise kind of person. She just likes to sleep. Yeah. Or, or I, I, I think she, she requires more sleep than I do She can't stay up late, which means that it's easy for me not to. Yeah, you guys coming over and hanging out on the weekends means like hanging out till 10. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's yep. usually falling asleep. So I get up at six. Uh, first thing I do is feed the cat because well, she will not let me do anything part. else. Um, the moment I wake up, cats are funny. They're so routine based. Like they just, they know exactly what's going on. The moment I get up off the couch at night and I start like turning lights off, she darts into the bedroom because she knows, hey, it's time to go in there and play. And the moment I get out of bed in the morning, she just hops up and she's like, you're feeding me now. Yeah. There's no question about this. I don't care what time it is. It's not even time-based. It's just like the moment I wake up, it's her little cue that she's getting fed. So I feed her. I put on my workout clothes and uh, I drink like a third of my bottle of water just to wake up. Uh, and the first thing I do is I actually go to Starbucks to do my reading and then write for one Pomodoro session. Okay. So I basically take my iPad Pro and then whatever book I'm reading. Right now I'm reading this music theory book. So I have a print book with me right now. Um, I go to Starbucks. I order a small or you know, a medium latte, and I don't get a breakfast sandwich anymore. That was one big problem is I would go there, and I'd be hungry, so I'd get a breakfast sandwich. And then while eating it, I wouldn't want to read or write, so I'd end up checking Twitter and then getting sucked into ah. social media because I'm eating. So to save money and to save myself from wasting time, I just get the coffee, and I immediately start reading. Uh, and then I do my little Pomodoro of writing. And I've got an app called Tide, which is on iOS and maybe on Android. And that's like a Pomodoro timer that also has like built-in sounds if you want like an ambient soundscape. I usually just listen to a study playlist or Brain FM or something. Uh, and then I've got my Evernote. And I just like – I either do a daily writing or if I'm working on a video, I will be working in that video's note. So I don't, I don't like try to force myself to do like morning pages or anything. It's just – Make something in the morning is the goal. Okay. Make some sort of content for 25 minutes. Keep the writing muscle active and hopefully make progress on videos. Um, once that is done, then I walk over to the gym. And this is why my morning routine takes so long because I spend a pretty decent amount of time in the gym. Um, I usually try to go when the basketball court is open so I can warm up by playing basketball because I hate running on the treadmill more than anything else in the world. Uh, so I check out a basketball and I play basketball for like 15 minutes. And then I go in, I do my lifting. Um, I've got like an A day and a B day. So right now, because I've been dealing with a pulled muscle on my back from snowboarding and also just like there was a pinched nerve in there from bad posture and stuff like that, um, I have a very deliberate routine based on strengthening those muscles again. So light squats, um, kettlebell swings that are light as well bent over rows, and then always lots of pull-ups because I like to do pull-ups. Um, and that pull-up bar I bought for the door recently was like one of the best purchases I've ever made. And then uh, after I finish working out, I do a pretty lengthy stretching routine. Again, because as somebody who sits on my butt or uses my standing desk, but a lot of times sits on my butt to do my work, 
that can lead to um, not mobile enough hip flexors, all sorts of stuff that can lead to, again, back pain or other issues like that. So I'm making sure to do like some yoga and just making sure to stretch everything out really, really well. And I've had people tell me like, yo, you don't need to stretch as much, but I find that when I do it, it makes me feel better. So I do it. And I have like a specific, Fair. I have a stretching playlist that's lower energy than my workout playlist, which is usually like heavy metal and screamo, which does just doesn't feel right to stretch with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think like stretching to a tray you or, or whatever. Somebody is just <laughs> screaming namaste. No, I could do that. I could do some screamo namaste right there. That'd be funny. Uh, so then I come home, shower, shave, get dressed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I water my plants. So I've got my money tree out there and that takes watering every, well, I don't water it every day. I, I spritz the leaves and then I turn on the little humidifier. Um, and then I do a little bit of guitar practice. Cool. So I was, I was telling you earlier, I've got like this, I've got an app, it's called auto chord for anybody looking for guitar apps. And literally all it is, is just chord progressions. So it will just take a tempo and walk you through a progression of chords based on whatever you pick. And I just try to play along with it because right now my goal with guitar is to get better at chords. I'm really bad at them. And after that, then I'm into like the work section of the day. But the reason it takes four hours is I'm like at Starbucks for basically an hour reading and writing, which is basically work for me. And yeah. then my gym time also takes about an hour. And then there's the walking in between, which takes like 10 minutes to walk to Starbucks, 10 minutes to walk to the gym, 10 minutes to walk home. So it takes longer. That's fair. But it improves the quality of my life in several ways. It makes, uh, you know, it makes sure I'm reading and learning new things and make sure that I'm writing, which is my most important skill. And I make sure that I'm staying healthy. So I don't care that it takes four hours because it's doing all the things that I would do else, you know, otherwise. Yeah. And if I were an employee, then I would either, well, I would try to get a job at a place that had a gym and then I would use some of my work hours to work out there or I would have to work out at night, but I wouldn't skip it. So for me, it's just, I'm, I'm front loading everything into the beginning of the day and then working at night, right? Not at night, but in the afternoon. That's fair. I mean, it's like what, it's almost five o'clock now and we're still working. Yep. Morning routines. So those are our morning routines. Um, I wanted to go through a few tips and maybe you also have a few tips that can help people to build an established morning routine in their own lives. Um, one of the things I was going to talk about that big mental shift was n not necessarily thinking that your morning routine has to be completely separate from your work. So for people out there who do have a decent amount of time in the morning, it may be worth doing some of what they consider work in their morning routine. Okay. Um, and you're currently, so I, I didn't think, I don't think you said you were reading in the morning. Is that not something that you're doing right now? Sometimes I read after the tea. But okay. it, that one depends. I'm willing to read during lunch too if I if I gotcha. do have work to do right after. Yeah. So that that's a little more flexible. I like to read right after the tea, but mm -hmm. I I don't guarantee it because um I don't like being limited. If yeah. I if I get really into the book I'm reading and I want to read for an hour, I want the hour. So I would okay. rather if I feel busy in the morning, I would rather wait till lunch so yeah. that I can just kill most of my lunch break reading instead. That makes sense. And you're also doing language practice in yeah. the morning. So that's like a good example. So let's say somebody had a full-time job or they're a full-time student, but they're also learning how to build video games with Udemy course or something. Maybe that could be something you do in the morning for half an hour. 
if yeah. you don't have time at night or if you – I mean I always think about this because we've got friends who have said I have no energy when I come home from work. I never want to work on this course when I come home from work because I'm just dead and mentally exhausted. Well, wake up early and do an hour or half an hour of work on your course when you're mentally fresh, then go to work. The work has the structures built into it that's going to make you do what you have to do anyway, and then you can come home and relax. Yeah, and if you didn't have a half hour, um, at least for me, I think that if I did 10 minutes where I was just like sort of overview and and maybe think about starting – the part of the course you want to do today, 10 minutes, just mm-hmm. look at this. And then I'd get all excited about it. And then I'd probably be thinking about that part of the course all day. Like, how am yeah. I going to start doing that? That'll it's be true. cool. And now I've primed myself to want to do it, even if I didn't have time. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So a few tips for building a morning routine, and maybe we should do like a whole building habits episode at some point. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was how to become an early riser. If you want to do that. Now, one thing that I notice a lot is a lot of entrepreneurs love to play up the fact that they get up super early in the morning. Um, You don't have to do this if you want to be successful. You don't have to get up at 4.30 and do all the zillion things. Like, I get up at 6. That's not that early, at least for me. You just have to have the discipline to do the things that you want to do at some point in the day. Yeah. And there's this whole concept of chronotypes where you have like a biological clock and it is wired differently to how somebody else may be wired. So maybe you're wired to uh, wake up a little later, but also stay up working until midnight. Some people do really, really well with that. Um, So only if you want to, the way that I currently make myself get out of bed and don't hit that snooze button is uh, I, I no longer use the Twitter method. And the reason I don't use the Twitter method anymore is because I now have 30,000 followers Um, So I've used it a couple of times recently. And what I found is I would wake up repeatedly in the middle of the night, paranoid that it was going to go off for some reason or that I was (laughs) missing my alarm. And then that 30,000 people were going to reply to me and annoy me all day. So I did it once and it just like ruined my sleep that night. So it no longer works for me because my Twitter account is too big. (laughs) So what I do now is I set my iPhone alarm next to me on the bedstand and then I set my iPad Pro to have a five minute later alarm in this room and walking into this room, I pass a pull-up bar. So I do five pull-ups, come into the room, turn that alarm off. And now I'm like awake and I've done some exercise. So I'm kind of jolted awake and don't want to go back to bed. So that works for me. There's other things you can do. There's apps out there, but that's what works for me. Um, Another thing that works for me is what I like to call a before bed affirmation where I just sort of tell myself like you are going to get up at six. And uh, what also helps is to tell myself, like, you are going to do X, Y, and Z in the morning. And I find that when I when I kind of, like, tell myself that I am going to do that and, like, affirm to myself that I am a disciplined person, I tend to be more successful rather than, like, the casual just, oh, I think I'm going to get up and, you know, no, read you, you equivocate. I think I want to. I will. Yeah. Maybe I should, which is just a guilty way of saying you're not going to. Exactly. So I guess, like, I have – there's this mental perception of myself as a disciplined and successful person. And when I focus on that, I tend to live up to that ideal more. You don't want to break your own identity. Exactly. Because in reality, there are definitely times when I do break my own identity, when I do eat a whole pint of ice cream and, and just play video games instead of doing work. And that is in contrast and at odds with my perception of myself or my idealized perception of myself. 
And obviously my idealized perception is never going to be fully lived up to because I'm fallible like any other human being. But I find that when I focus on it and make a mental affirmation that I'm going to live up to that the next day when I wake up, I do it. So I guess you just, you don't want to betray your past self. Yeah, especially if it's something important. That's a pretty core thing. Mm -hmm. Like everything you do basically requires you to be a disciplined person. So to break that would make you have to question everything. Yeah, exactly. It's too big. You don't want to wake up and be like, I I know that I strongly told myself that I was going to meditate and work out this morning. But you know what? I'm just going to check social media and eat a breakfast burrito from the gas station like, you're not going to do that. Well, you're making it convenient for your brain. You're making it yeah. like, you know what? Rather than spending two hours having an existential crisis because I don't know if I'm cut out for what I'm doing, I think I'll just wake up. Exactly. That's yeah. easier. Let's do the easy part. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I skip that. I just tell myself, like, no, you're going to do this because you're a successful, driven person. You're ambitious. And this is what a successful, driven, and ambitious person would do. So, you're going to do it. And then I wake up and I do it. Um, A couple of other things. Uh, Let's see here. One thing that you like to talk about a lot is how to deal with a setback. So say you do wake up and eat that gas station burrito and spend all morning on Twitter. Um, Don't make the second mistake. Meaning let it simply be a blip on the radar, uh, kind of an, an anomaly or an outlier on that graph rather than the start of a negative trend. Because, I mean, it's kind of like when you look at um, a graph of like the stock market over like a decade or so, you have like the some dips, right? But it always comes back up and then keeps going. Yeah, like you so, wouldn't care that it was bad on September 13th of exactly. 2006. You'd be like, that doesn't, that's literally pointless. Let's not look at yeah. that day. Or even on a, on a longer time scale, obviously like 2008, 2009 was horrible for the stock market. But if you look at the graph, it wasn't like it dipped down and then like had to rebuild from there. It was like a dip down and then it eventually shot right back up to where it was and kept on going. So if you had like center blindness, you wouldn't even see that. You would, you would perceive an upward trend. That is how you should, so like uh, a hammerhead shark. Yeah. If you're a hammerhead shark looking at a, a stock market, street graph. sharks, <laughs> if you were a uh, street shark who had for some reason become That's a, a good, financial a analyst, show. <laughs> street sharks all grown up. <laughs> no, they don't they don't fight villains anymore, but they do fight to keep your portfolio's returns up. Yeah. <laughs> Call us today at Street Shark LLC. Brilliant. <laughs> We're not loan sharks, we swear. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't make that second mistake, though. You know, uh, see it for what it is, a one-time mistake, and you're not going to repeat it. Yeah. And then uh, I guess the last thing I'll mention here is we mentioned Habitica. So there are both tools for tracking your habits and there are also tools for building what I like to call useful limitations into your life. So Habitica is our favorite habit tracker. It's a good way to build like a streak that you don't want to break. Um, I know you've used one called Momentum in the past, yeah. which is iOS. Yeah, I really like Momentum. So I think that's iOS only. Um, yeah. There's a good one called Habit Bull as well. There's there's a bunch. Um, there's always this one for Android that people will always tell me about and I the name like... goes out one ear after going in the first one. But it's also like a calendar. Like if you just got a physical calendar and put a sticker on it or just crossed it off with a red marker. Or just get one of them like Dilbert desk calendars where you just like tear it off every day and then you read a funny little Dilbert comic. Yep. And you chuckle to yourself. That's what you need. Because it's so relatable. Yeah. You you cry a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And then I use an app called Freedom, which blocks websites and apps on 
all of your devices. And I've decided that Freedom is my favorite one. Freedom does have a yearly cost. There are definitely free ones out there, but for that yearly cost, which isn't a ton, I think it's a couple of bucks a month, it lets you block everything on all your devices. Like I cannot go to Facebook right now because I have freedom on my iPad. I have freedom on my other iPad, on my iPhone, on my computer over there, on my MacBook. They're all on there and it's really hard to quit out of it. Okay, what about your Echo Dot? I don't have Facebook on that. Oh no, you're going to now. I don't know. I've I, don't, never, I don't even know if you I've can do that. I've never tried to go to Facebook on the Echo Dot. I have no idea how that w- would work or even if it does work. I don't know. It does make me a little annoyed that um, YouTube doesn't work on any Echo products because you can't like bring up a YouTube video, but that's Google's fault. Anyway, um, I just can't. So I don't. I don't go to Facebook in the morning. I don't go to Reddit. I don't go to uh, Hacker News. I don't go to any of those websites that I would subconsciously type in when I don't feel like doing work because they're just blocked. Yeah, when you find yourself typing stuff on accident, you know that you have a problem. Yeah, well, I literally, there was like the sequence I would do when I was feeling distracted. I was just reddit.com, news.ycombinator.com, which is Hacker News, producthunt.com. They're just feeds of stuff that I don't need to know about. And it's like the... The latter two are procrastinating working because you feel like you're learning about cool hackery things, but you're really not because what you should be doing right now is work yeah, or reading your book or doing something that requires focus. So that app helps me a lot. There are other ones out there like um, Focal Filter. There is one called Focus. Uh, I think it's heyfocus.com. And then there's one called, you know what? I can't remember the last one, but there's a bunch out there. It's not real. Uh, actually, if you put in how not to waste time into Google, I think we are number one for that. Nice. And it's our how to stop wasting time on the internet article, which has all of those recommendations in it. So yeah, I think in a future episode, we should talk about things like a night routine okay, before bed routine. And then things like breakfast. Should you eat breakfast? Should you not? Right now I just, I go to Whole Foods and I grab oatmeal and eggs because Fair. right now my constrained resource is time, not money. And $5 for a couple of hard-boiled eggs and some oatmeal is not a big problem. I make so. a protein smoothie after working out. Yeah, you can do that too. And I, I do a protein as well, but you don't have to. Cool. So uh, that's our morning routines and some tips for forming your own. If you guys have questions about morning routines, you can leave comments in the YouTube episode for this episode. I guess I meant a YouTube video for this episode. Or you can tweet us. I'm Tom Frankly on Twitter or Instagram. And Martin is MPBBamey on Twitter. He does respond to questions, but you don't tweet much. It'll look so. like I'm really inactive. Yeah. But um, I'll respond. You can tweet at Martin, but you can follow and tweet probably. me. I might be respond. More rewarding. I make no promises. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but this is episode 208. So if you want to find the show notes for it, go to CIGpodcast.com slash 208 or find the show notes link in the description of the YouTube video for this episode you can also find our favorite resources for becoming more productive for uh figuring out what kind of books you should read or what you should bring to college all sorts of guides like that over at college college slash resources and i think that's about it so thanks so much for hanging out with us and we will see you in next week's episode thank you
Thank you.